This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to Episode 75 of the Catholic Foodie. Opa! That's right, this is Episode 75. Honey, can you imagine? Can you believe 75 episodes already? Wow. It just, it just blows my mind. Anyway, what's on the menu today, hon? We're going to talk about the Greek Fest. That sounds great. And last week you weren't on the show, so we didn't. I didn't want to cover that without you. Uh, but now that you're here, we can talk about all the fun we had, all the, uh, the the things we did, the food we ate, the fact that the kids worked. They sure did. Anything else we're going to talk about here today? Uh, you'll be the one telling me. Okay. Welcome to the Catholic Foodie, where, where food, food meets faith. faith. Not bad. Uh, so, yeah, opa. What does opa mean? Do you know? Uh, nope, I don't. I think opa, it, I it's think just it, like, hey. I think it means like cheers. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Like uh, <laughs> raising your glass and you say cheers. Oh, is it? Okay. That, that's what I heard at the Greek fest. I'd never thought of it before. I always just, I mean, I heard opa and I'm like, opa. I can't you remember. Know, what, what, what does it mean? Who cares? It's just opa. It's I know, nice I know what some other things mean in Greek. Like what? Epharisto. What's that? Uh, please. Ah, very cool. Perakalo. What is that? Danger? Thank you. Thank okay, you. thank you. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, which yeah. I think is a, huh? Yeah, yasas. Yasas, huh? Yeah, yasas. Yes. I think a- so. I can't. I, um, what about Spanakopita? That means uh, a flaky, uh, uh, yummy, <laughs> spinach, yummy, flaky um, spinach pie, phyllo dough, yeah, wrapped around meat, spinach <laughs> pie. Yeah, that's wrapped around uh, spinach. Really good spinach mm. and cheese. Huh? Mm-hmm. Very good stuff. So uh, we did not. I, actually, we did. Did we have a Spanakopita uh, this year? I did. You had a bite, huh? Or think, just the I cheese? So. I think so. The cheese pie. You had the plate. We got the plate. Yeah. The kids and I. Well, every year at the Greek Fest, there's uh, well, there's food everywhere. They uh, they grill outside. We'll talk about the grilling in just a minute. But they have available uh, gyros. So you've got the uh, the gyros meat, which is really a combination, I believe, of lamb and beef. Correct. And uh, usually they have uh, tzatziki sauce on it. But this year, lamentably, they did not have it. Did you notice that? They Uh, had some sort of a reddish kind of sauce on it. It was not tzatziki sauce. Really? Well, that was Friday night and it was night and I wasn't really paying attention, scrutinizing it under the light. Yeah. Well, I had it on uh, Saturday, too. And I've, I noticed it, and I've also had other people who noticed it, and they made comments about it. It, hmm. it was kind of a bummer. Really? Well, it was mm-hmm. very is well seasoned and oniony, though. It was. Lots it of was. that. And they had uh, souvlaki. That's. I did not eat souvlaki. Not that I have anything against it, but we typically don't get it. Nope. Fried I mean, calamari. We, you know, the Lebanese do. Shish kebab, mm-hmm. which I grew up eating pretty regularly. Yeah. But even I don't make that here at home. It's a chore. It's a chore. 
lots of this food is a chore yeah. or a labor of love. Which is one of the reasons why going to a festival like this is so much fun. I mean, you get to, you don't have to do all the work. That's right. And you get to eat all the good food. Well, you you did do work. I did do work. That's the right. The kids did work. I was excited. We all did. Well, I didn't. But everyone else did in the family. Y'all all worked. I know. Should we talk about the work that I did? Yeah. Or, or you want to, I was just going to mention the fried calamari first. Oh, okay. You don't eat that, but we no. all do. Yeah, but it's just something that everybody, all the kids talk about all year, wanting to go get the fried calamari with the feta cheese on top. And it is good. Every, everything has feta <laughs> cheese on top, it seems like. Huh? Worth it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. So why don't we talk about uh, my cooking adventures at the Greek Fest since I was so excited that that happened, A, and B, um, and what's B? I had a B. <laughs> I had a B. You have a video. Um, I have a video. That's true. I haven't put it up online yet, but I, I was so so excited about it. But I've also been waiting two years uh, to do this. So very exciting. We can talk about um, my cooking experience at the Greek Fest. When you come to my house and I cook for you. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, that might be a problem. What's the problem? I'm the best cook in the family, tell you. Oh, I did, didn't I? Twice. Okay, then. <laughs> um, it's just, uh, yeah. Ian is a vegetarian. He doesn't eat meat. He don't eat no meat? No, he doesn't eat meat. What do you mean he don't eat no meat? Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I make lamb. <laughs> and speaking of meat and speaking of lamb. And speaking of Anvula. And, oh, my gosh. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Holy smoke. You want to tell that story first? I mean, I don't know if you have seen the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which is amply hysterical. We've talked about that movie before on the show and how – I mean, there's so, much, there's so many similarities between the Lebanese and the Greek cultures. And, you know, not it's not exact, but that movie reminded us so much of Char's family. Yeah, it did. I mean, if, if you want to know a little more about us, just watch the movie. <laughs> Although I don't have all those. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, just watch I the mean, movie. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, Friday night we were at the uh, Greek Fest, and we sat. This is unusual. This year we sat really close to the stage uh, both days. No, just sat, just Friday. And, uh, you know, the music was loud. Everybody's out dancing on the big dance floors. It was a lot of fun. And at one point, Char looks over and... I noticed an Anvula look-alike. Oh, my goodness. It was a, hilarious. It was scary. It wasn't scary. It was Well, really I mean, it was funny. scary in the sense that, I mean, she looked like Anvula. But we did not take I mean, a picture. We thought it oh may no. be a little rude. Yeah. I didn't want to take a picture, and I, I, I didn't want to look too long because I was afraid that she'd see me and send Nikki over or... Nick, 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 Nick. Or Nikki over to kick my behind so i didn't yeah. uh but man she was she's funny the spitting image was funny. yeah okay get to the lamb. okay to the lamb uh well the last uh well several years but the last two years in particular um i was impressed and fascinated with the uh with the lamb the grilled lamb they are roasted lamb i guess you'd say uh they roast lambs over uh open fire on a spit and I, I find that just fascinating for some reason. And I always thought the last couple of years I've been thinking, you know, I, I should be over there 
cooking. I should be over there doing that. That looks like a lot of fun. And, I mean, I love to grill anyway, but to grill something that big, I mean, it's a whole lamb minus the head, you know, and, and they're grilling. It's like I'd love to do that. Well, this year I uh, plucked up the courage to go over and talk to the, the guy who was in charge of that that section, you know. His name, well, I guess his uh, his nickname – for the thing was Captain Captain uh, Mateus. Oh, really? Captain Mateus. Yeah, say, Matthew. Was it, was it Nick? Nick. <laughs> no, it was Captain Mateus, and he was a young guy, younger than me. Uh, a lot of people are younger than me, though. I think. Anyway, uh, he very nice, and he was impressed. I gave him my card, you know, Catholic foodie card, and I said, you know, can I come over and and uh, help y'all with this and get some video? And, and he was like, yeah, yeah, sure, come on over. So uh, what they had to do is they put this thing on a on a spit, you know, and a spit is a big pole that's connected to um, it's it rests in a machine that spins it, right? It's that's like a rotisserie, and what you have to do if you're going to put the lamb on there is you have to bolt the lamb to the pole, otherwise the pole will spin and the lamb won't. So they, the first thing they do, they stick the pole, and you have to know, too, that the lamb is split. I mean, they cut it from, like, the uh, the neck down to the abdomen. So on the bottom part of the lamb, it's, it's kind of, it's open. And they slide the pole in there. They bolt it on the back, like from the, the backbone, right, with these two plates. And then the pole's in the middle, and it's bolted down. And then you have to sew the lamb up, right? You have to sew from the abdomen up to the right there by the neck. It's not quite, I don't think, it don't cut through the neck. But anyway, uh, they have to sew it up. And they sew it up for a couple of different reasons. They sew it up because it's, um, well, it's it, it, it helps to keep the juices in. And so it doesn't overcook or cook too fast. And it creates, I guess, kind of like an oven. But it's not as hot on the inside as it would be on the outside where the... Uh, the, the, the coals are mm-hmm. right on it. So it keeps it juicy. And anyway, my job, what I got to do, because they'd already seasoned it with just salt, pepper, and oregano. oregano. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I got to sew it up, and it was really cool. We took a picture, or not a picture, a video. The needle was about the size of my hand <laughs> uh, in length, and they had some kind of twine, and uh, they showed me what to do, and I just went to work. Sewed that thing up. It's really pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't get to try any of that lamb because it takes four to six hours for each lamb to to cook. And they have four going at a time. So it's really neat. Once they pull one up, they stick another one on. And they they do this three days for three days. You know, they start, I think, uh, Thursday night, the night before the Greek fest. And then they store that lamb, I believe. And then on Friday, they start in the morning. They get out there. They start roasting lamb. Friday, yeah, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, roast and lamb. I may be mistaken, but it sounded like they do this on a regular basis as well, like mm-hmm. most weekends or something. Well, I would imagine kind of like uh, many of the, uh, like the Maronites, you know, we've seen this before. And also, I mean, I'm assuming the Greeks as well, when they go to, because it's a cult, the, those churches especially like the Maronites, I mean, it's a cultural thing. It's not only is it a faith thing, it's a cultural thing. It comes out of Lebanon. So the typically the majority of the people in the church are Lebanese. It's part of the 
their culture. So when Mass is over on Sunday, they have a big, huge cookout. That's right. You know, and I'm assuming the Greeks do I the same. I think they do. Eat every Mass, um, we, we know someone who works at the church who's not Greek, and she said that they do. They do it every Sunday. Yeah. And I remember growing up, going to the Lebanese conventions in certain cities, and we attend Mass at the, the church on Sunday instead of having it at a hotel, which is what we do when we're in a town that doesn't have a church, a Maronite church. So we'd go to the church, and um, I just remember, like, being jealous of these kids my age um, who obviously had an incredible connection with their, with each other. And, you know, they, they obviously did this at, on a, every weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the big meal after, which is just so fantastic. Oh, it's very cool. So, and well, the I mean, dancing, and the dancing, all the, the things dancing, that yeah. we look forward to at a Lebanese convention. Right, right. On an annual basis, we don't even get to go every year. You know, they experience every weekend. Every weekend. Those yeah. families are so, you know, um, tight-knit. Right. And they're sharing in the liturgy and in the dancing and music and food. Then it goes back to the original... Uh, Mass. I mean, the, the liturgy. You look in the New Testament, it was not just coming together for an hour to celebrate the Eucharist and then you leave, right? I mean, they. it was the agape, right? Mm-hmm. It was the, the love feast. It was the Eucharist, which was the high point, but it was also a feast. It was a party. Right. You know, they stayed together. That's why you have some of the, the, the deacons. The reason why they got the deacons is because some of the some of the people at um, at these at the Eucharist they they were not being treated fairly, and you see the apostles getting on to the people, saying, "You know, some of you are coming drunk, and others who are poor have nothing to eat, and that's just not right." But you saw the the same thing culturally. They it was more than just a hour long service; it was an experience of family, not just families coming together, but the body of Christ coming together, the family of God coming together it was a celebration let's well, move let's move to lebanon well we could <laughs> well i was about to say just this past week um every friday morning most friday mornings uh jeff has been on baton rouge catholic radio mm-hmm. and anyway he wasn't on a couple of weeks ago because of anyway they were interviewing a young man who we do know or we know his family at least um a lebanese family in Baton Rouge and they um their son is a seminarian for the for the Maronites 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 excuse me um anyway they have we just found out that they happen to be having mass Maronite mass every Sunday mm-hmm. at the chapel at my high school my old high school right, right. which um is just you know awesome. what a mile and a half two miles from my parents house yeah in Baton Rouge. Anyway, it's like, oh, maybe we, we, we need, need to go, go over. I'm yeah. sure. I'm wondering if they're eating after. We can we can stay at your parents on Saturday. We could make a weekend of it, you know. Okay. Go on Sunday. Well, it's really cool because they, I mean, there's a huge Lebanese uh, population in Baton Rouge. Large number of Lebanese and uh, lots of Lebanese restaurants. It's really nice. And uh, they had actually started a mission church. I guess about a year ago, maybe longer. Uh, we found out about it when we were at the uh, the last convention. Right? 
and they were raising money. They'd been raising money to build their own church, and they had a Maronite priest who would come into town once a month to celebrate Mass for them, for that new community. And now they apparently have progressed so much that they have a Maronite priest coming in every weekend. So he comes in and celebrates Mass for them. I think that's awesome. Absolutely awesome. So maybe we need to move back to Baton Rouge. And <coughs> <laughs> anyway, so that was uh, my cooking experience there at the Greek Fest. It was a lot of fun. It was a small job. It wasn't much, but I was excited about it. Now, I wasn't the only one with a job at the Greek Fest. I know. Huh? Our kids are, they're not shy. No. They really aren't. And they, they just, they're very much at home at the Greek Fest, aren't they? They are. It's kind of like we're family, you know. Um, they made themselves a job. Um, so they were, Christopher, Friday when we got there, had made his rounds to some of the games that they have in the kid village. And then as well, he, he had to make friends with the guy selling feta and olives and pita bread. So, among other cheeses, by the way, they sell um, some other things in that market. But our favorite, I think Christopher could just dive into the big barrel of olives. olives. There's some of the best. I know Jeff is not a big fan of olives, but these are some incredible Kalamata olives. They're my favorite. And I would have come home with more, but they are a bit pricey, yeah. but um, Christopher, you know, they have samples out. That's the one thing they have samples out. And Christopher's like, hmm, let me taste these and see if I like them yeah. still after five minutes ago, you know, yeah. when I tried the last one. <laughs> anyway, they all had their aprons on and a couple times they ended up, um, they worked a couple shifts. Yeah. But it was fun, huh? That was great. So we, I got pictures of them and yeah. their little aprons and all. You know? We made it there Friday. We made it there Saturday. Um, it was the first time in a long time we'd been there more than once in one weekend. Or first time in a long time, I mean, we'd been there on a Friday night. Right. And first time ever that we'd made it more than yeah, one day. One, two days. Two days. So we enjoyed it. The, it was hot, but it yeah, was Yeah, Saturday was really hot. It was a good time. But it was great. We had a good time. So uh, Greek Fest, Opa. It was Greek it. Fest 2010. I'm going to put up on uh, CatholicFoodie.com a video of Greek Fest, a little clip here and there, but the main content is going to be uh, yours truly sewing up a lamb. So if you have no uh, qualms about seeing a uh, raw whole lamb, then you may want to go over to CatholicFoodie.com and check that out. I should have it up in a couple of days. Hey, it's Jeff Young here, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and I want to invite you to join me at the Catholic New Media Celebration, the CNMC, which will be August 7th in Boston this year. I'm very much looking forward to it, and I hope that you join me there. For more information and to register, you can go to celebration.sqpn.com. That's right, the CNMC is coming up, and it's just a couple of months away. It's amazing how fast time flies. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to that, August 7th in Boston. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Last year was awesome, and I got to meet so many cool people, people that I already met online and then finally had a chance to meet in person. So uh, if you are able to make it, please do. It is going to be a lot of fun. 
and uh, very edifying as well. And, and you can learn a lot and uh, get inspired and all kind of good stuff. So uh, join us in Boston, the CNMC, August 7th. Celebration.sqpn.com is where you can find all the information about it. Would you like some drinks, senor? While you wait, I will put it on the underheels bill. Yes, very good. I'll have a Bloody Mary and a steak sandwich and a steak sandwich, please. Very good. Well, the other day, honey, I was working on uh, some new bumpers for the Catholic Foodie, and I came up with a couple from uh, from the movie Fletch, which I have seen <laughs> probably 200, 300 times in my life. I, I used to watch that movie. I had, a, had it on video back in the day when we had video, you know, VHS. Right. And I watched that movie over and over again. I don't. It was just entertaining. It's funny. It, Chevy Chase has that really dry sense of humor. I was just... I like I liked it, you know. So anyway, I pulled a few bumpers from that, and I I think they're kind of fun. That's what do you funny. think? I liked it. Like that one? Yeah. Well, we have some feedback, and I'd like to talk about that uh, very quickly before we get into something. I guess kind of foodie. Okay. With the Creole tomatoes and uh, some tabbouleh, we'll be talking about that. But let's uh, let's take a look at this feedback first. I received some feedback via email. Um, the la- this past week, and let's see, we have one that came in from Patricia Montgomery, or Tricia Montgomery. She's a friend of ours, actually. She's over at St. Peter's, uh, our parish, and she wrote, what, what happened was she went to the, the website. Do you want to tell the story? Because you actually talked to her after she sent this, I think. Well, she went to the website, I believe, because she saw the post on Immaculate, mm-hmm. the interview with Immaculate, and Actually, for a while, Patricia and I were walking in the mornings. This was last year. And she's the one who first told me about Immaculate. Really? I think so. Wow. She had read the book. She'd stayed up all night one night reading Left to Tell. I think that's how it worked out, she told me. Wow. And so... No, I'm... It's a good story, so let's just stick to that Yeah, so I'm going to stick with that one. Okay, so anyway... Come to find out, you know, anyway, I, that's, I read the book and anyway, and then it's just amazing how yeah. we've, you know, Immaculate really does have a, um, she has several connections here in, in New Orleans. And so she's, she's come in quite a bit, but anyway, that's what brought Patricia to the website, uh, your website and. Oh, and what Go happened on. is, is she, you know, I, I, we talked about this, I think, at the end of Lent. I wrote my story, my uh, my account of the experiences that I had during Lent, how wonderful it was, how powerful the Lord was working in my life. And I, I wrote that out. It was a four-part series, uh, basically just my story. And I think it was uh, entitled, He Has Set Me Free. So uh, feel free, by the way, to go to catholicfoodie.com and to, uh, to read these uh, posts. There's four of them. And it's, it's kind of the story, just the story of Lent and what the Lord was doing in my life. Anyway, she went there to, to see last episode, episode 74, which was the Immaculate, and she came across these uh, posts and she read them. And this is what she wrote. She said, just read your story, Jeff. I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for sharing. Uh, we can all learn from your story. Can't wait to see where our Lord is leading you next. Somehow, I feel that it is just where you want to be. How freeing to surrender it all. God bless you and your family. 
So, Tricia, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that very much. And I know that uh, you had a few very kind words to say to Char the other day. Um, y'all ran, in, ran into each other and uh, just can't can't thank you enough for your support, your encouragement, your prayers. And um, I'm just so glad that you are in our parish, that we are in your parish. <laughs> and uh, we will unite and, and remain united in prayer for each other. So thank you very much. Uh, received another email from Debbie Schroeder. Debbie, lit. this is also going back to episode 74 last week. And, you know, we talked about grilling. And I talked, to, I just kind of asked the question about charcoal versus gas. And once again, it's the great debate, right? What kind of heat do you have under your grates? You know, the great debate. So this is what she had to say about uh, charcoal versus gas. Uh, Hi, Jeff. I'm sitting here at uh, my desk listening to Catholic Foodie episode 74 and your quandary about gas or charcoal. I like both, but when I set up the grill, I prefer gas. It's just so much easier. I can start it uh, cook what I want and then turn it off. Tim, her husband, Tim prefers charcoal. Uh, he has a few grills, most of them charcoal. When we grill, he's the one to fix everything, though he does tend to get antsy and put things on too soon. Uh, I would like to grill when he's not here, but I'm not crazy about getting the grill ready. When we got the new grill to go with our new home three years ago, it was charcoal. And I tried to prepare the grill one time without uh, without very much success. Uh, the kids and I tried several times to get it along or get it going, but failed each time. I gave up and have not tried to mess with it since. Well, we found a way to solve the problem of, of gas or charcoal. This year for Father's Day, the kids and I have been saving up for a new grill for Dad. The one we would like to get him will give us both what we want (laughs) will give us both what we want it's a grill with gas on one side and charcoal on the other we're not quite there yet but we hope to be there soon and she left a link for this grill you could check it out online i'll put that on catholicfoodie.com i need to make a couple of loaves of millet seed bread tonight so i'll say goodbye for now cool signed debbie schroeder so thank you so much debbie for that and wow that's Pretty wild, well, huh? you know, the, there is a third option. I don't know how popular they are, but um, I mean, we had a, a an electric an electric grill, grill yeah. And I will say that a friend came over and grilled for, uh, you know, we were all it was a big group, and he was like, "Golly, this is nice. It's just so clean and right easy." I don't like it. Oh well, it's okay. Yeah, we had one it was for a the while. only option. It was a hand me down grill from my parents, and they have it's the only option I think for. Um, the condo, right? Right at the condo, you can't have like fire. You can't have charcoal or gas. You have to have. Is that electric. what they have an electric out there? Mm-hmm. Oh, I hated that one. The yeah. one they have now is terrible. Oh, it's awful. I hope it's not still there. But and anyway. that's the one that I did the jalapeno poppers on. Oh, was that grill? We were just having a hard time with that grill. It just wouldn't hold heat. But the one we had here at our first house, right. That they had given us. Anyway, that was a. I liked that grill. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I mean. It's just clean, easy, and outside nice. Right. But anyway. But I think overall, no matter what kind of grill you have, we, or I guess I should say I, need to learn how to maintain it better. Good job. Good idea. Yeah. What about those (laughs) those eggs? Uncle Rule loves his egg. The green egg. Oh, the green egg. Yeah. They're expensive. 
What did that? What does that one do? It's a smoker. I have no grill? idea. Okay. I mean, it's kind of like a combo. Yeah, I you know? think so. And you it's can really do a couple things on yeah, it. Yeah, it's supposed to be fantastic, but I have. I, it's like he says it's his expensive. favorite. In fact, they have that one like that built huge in. One. Yeah, and under a cabana, he and for he, some reason he doesn't like it. Maybe the way it. The exhaust comes out. Or I don't know. Yeah. For some reason he's not keen on it, but he does love that new egg he has. Mm-hmm. Now, what I did do the other day is I changed out two of the uh, burners in our gas grill, and it made a tremendous difference. Well, goodness gracious, baby. When I saw what was in there, that is so nasty. It, it That was sick. <laughs> I mean. Well, they were deteriorated, too. They were like they nothing. They were falling apart. It the was burners just like were falling nothing. apart. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's been five years. Okay. You know, so we've we've all right, yeah. Yeah. Five speaking years. of, so we finally five years. Uh, switched it, finally switched it off, or, or switched them out, and I've got two more to switch out. I just bought; they only had two, so I have to wait till they get another another shipment in, and I'll get two more. Okay. So, but I mean, night and day, it's unbelievable the difference uh-huh. and the heat. It's incredible, and these are nice, like fancy pants kind of burners. They're porcelain. Or some kind of porcelain metal type thing. Weird. I have to look it up. But anyway, it's, it's like they're heavy duty. Much better than the stuff we had they're, before. They're Jeff proof. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully they are Jeff proof. Uh, anyway, um, let's see. What is. Oh, I need to give you the information, the contact information. If you want to leave feedback for the Catholic Foodie, you can do so by calling 985 635 4974. 985-635-4974, or by going over to uh, catholicfoodie.com. You can leave a comment there on any of the posts. That's where the show notes go, by the way. So with this episode, any links that we talk about, any anything that we talk about that we have links to, like that barbecue pit, the new one, the, the grill, uh, we'll put over there. So you just go to catholicfoodie.com and look for the latest post. That will be the one with, uh, with the show notes. So this is CF. Uh, 75. You can make a comment there. There's a, a contact form uh, there. And also, you can just email me directly at catholicfoodie at gmail.com. You would like something to eat or drink, senor? Actually, I would. Charge it to the underhill, senor. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, do you have any caviar? Si, senor. Beluga, but it is $80 a portion. Well, I'm going to just take two portions of that. Very cool. Love it. Isn't Love that cool? It. Love and me some again, beluga. Once again, that's uh, that's Fletch. Uh, but let's talk real quick, honey, because we're gonna we're running out of time. We got to get to mass. Uh, let's talk very quickly about uh, Creole tomatoes. Your favorite kind. I love Creole tomatoes, and and Creole is the variety. Okay. Right. It's the variety of mm-hmm. uh, tomatoes, and it seems like you know we only have them certain times of the year like they come out that's right and even when they're out sometimes they're hard to come by we're pretty lucky around here finding them i know but there was like two years ago i think maybe it was because of the hurricanes or storms or something we had a bad a bad time one year bad crop yeah we couldn't find them um and the prices fluctuate i mean they go from a dollar fifty a pound to sometimes you're lucky and get them at 99 or 79 cents a pound uh, but they are good. What do you think? What is the difference between, I don't know, like your just standard kind of tomato and a Creole? What's the, what's the, the difference? I mean, it's the taste, but mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time. It's almost like it has a tang to it. Would you say it's kind of? 
Hmm. I don't know how to describe it. Just real good. I don't know. Because yeah. yours is, what kind did I like the best? The kind we'd always get in Alabama. Oh. Oh, the same kind, or no, the kind that we, not the Creole, the other no, kind? Yeah, the kind from. Oh, oh goodness. Um, goodness oh gracious, gosh. I can't believe it. it's the only kind I liked until you like totally. Brought in the me. Creole? Yeah. I can't I think of the name. I don't know, I don't remember. We'll have to look that one up though. Oh my gosh. Yeah, very good. We're, get, we're getting old. So anyway, uh, Creole tomatoes, awesome tomato, my favorites. Uh, and this weekend is the Creole Tomato Festival. Now, you know, down here in South Louisiana, we've said this before, we have a festival for everything. Yeah, it's actually, and we've never been to this, but it's down in the original French market and in the French Quarter. And there's also like two other festivals that happen simultaneously down there. So it's just a fun weekend, I think, to be in the quarter probably. Granted, hot as heck. But um, anyway, we... Well, they're we'll celebrating to... Creoles in New Orleans as we speak. Right. I mean, they're, 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 uh, what's the word? Um, they're proper to this area. I mean, you don't really find Creoles all over the place. It's South Louisiana. Right, right. New Orleans, Baton Rouge area. I don't know if, I mean, do they even have them in Lafayette? I have no idea. I don't know. But we I mean, don't know we too much any... about them besides we like them. We like Jeff's them. favorite. And, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just. I'm sure there's other varieties that are just wonderful as well in other parts of the country, but we we are partial. No, I don't, I don't believe that. To the Creole, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's nothing it can't like be a, the Creole. Like you can never get a good, like a plum tomato is just not the not, same. It's just drier it's and drier, and then there's no taste less flavor. Anyway, it's just like no we taste. just love Creole. So now here's what I, my whole point about the Creoles, besides the fact that they just are awesome and they rock is the fact that when we get a lot of Creoles, or really almost any kind of tomato, but mainly Creoles, what do we tend to make? Tabbouleh. It's tabbouleh time. Summertime is tabbouleh time. And what is tabbouleh for people who don't know? Tabbouleh is a Lebanese salad. Um, if you've had tabbouleh in other parts of the country, it you and, and maybe the world... It would typically be a parsley-based salad mm-hmm. with bulgur wheat. However, I guess my family, um, or my mama even, kind of Americanized it um, in that it's she, hers has always been more tomato-based. Um, so, you want me to tell you the recipe? Yeah, what goes into uh, into it? Well... First, we have we have to have really good ripe tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, you need to have bulgur wheat, right? And we always use a, the finest available. Number one, bulgur wheat. You can find it in. Um, you're more likely to find it in an international section of a grocery, or even a Middle Eastern type Middle Eastern grocery. grocery. Yeah. Right, because it's, I mean, you can find some cracked wheat often in a bin or whatever, but it tends to be thicker, a coarser ground. Mm-hmm. And the number one is really the best. The whole thing about tabbouleh, it's a completely raw salad. And the main thing about it is is you're going to chop. You're going to do a great deal of chopping. And how you do that chopping really determines how good the salad is. So, you know, you have your tomatoes and you're going to cube them. You're going to cut them really nicely. A lot of it also will depend on the 
quality of the ingredients you mm-hmm. choose. So you want to get a really good tomato. Um, we picked up some of the best organic parsley that was just oh, so incredible, delicious, huge green, just deep perfect. green leaves. Right, it was just beautiful. Um, it also has green onions. Mm-hmm. It also has a white onion. And I, we prefer Vidalia, which is mm-hmm. a or a sweet onion. It's a sweet onion. So um, then you basically you got you have to soak that the the bulgur wheat. the wheat mm-hmm. in water, you know, for a couple hours, and then um, anyway, the proportions I'm not going to give. It's right. just kind of you know a little bit of this. We bit of eyeball that. it, and it does take a while. You want to. You know, you want to be heavy on the, I mean, in, in our case, we typically are heavy on the tomato, heavy on that parsley, um, light onion. on that white onion. Right, light on that. But and I like easy the green onion. On the, easy on the... Um, Bulgur wheat. Yeah, easy on the wheat. And then you also use mint, you know, preferably fresh if you have it. Um, dried is okay, too. But um, mint flourishes. In these parts, so mm-hmm. you know you can grab a big handful of fresh mint from your garden if you have it, um, and then you're going to add cayenne. Yep. You're going to add olive a oil. good olive oil and fresh lemon juice. Yes. And how you do all that is to taste, and you mm-hmm. just have to do it and figure it out yourself. Sorry. And then you <laughs> and then you take it and you stick it in the fridge, huh? You cover it with yeah. the saran, stick it in the fridge, and it it, it needs time to kind of blend all together. Mm-hmm. Golly, that stuff's good. It is good. It's fresh. It is a Let's lot of work. Again, it's a labor of love because you are going to chop, and the better you are at chopping and processing all that, uh, the faster. Well, no, just the. I mean, you can do a rough. If you're, yeah, you if you you don't want coarse chopped onion in it. Right. You want everything to kind of be uniform. So, like the tomatoes, you want your tomatoes, your, um, your onions, really, you know, right. all the same yeah. size and small. You, you want your green onion, you know, sliced, not minced. I mean, you want everything just um, how you cut it is going to all uh, change the taste. Right. So yeah. we're anyway. gonna have to make some tonight. We'll have to put a picture Maybe. up. We like our spicy too. Yeah. We put a lot of cayenne. My mom cayenne. puts a lot of cayenne. Like burn. Oh your, yeah, like burn your tongue off. Burn cayenne. your mouth. Well, it, what it does? It, yeah, it makes it kind of. I raw. think they've <laughs> done it so much they've burned their like, their, their taste mouth. buds off or something. So they don't taste it. So we get there and we're like, oh, this stuff is hot. I know. It's good <laughs> Which stuff. You though. would never get that in a like if you go get it in a. Restaurant, it's going to be parsley based with a few little tomatoes in it. Right. It's not going to be like juicy like we oh, do it. It's so good. We got to we got to make some. We'll yeah, we it. we made it what last week or beginning of last week, and I begged you to do it the second day, and we've just been so we busy. We had two we, days worth, but we no, haven't we just... haven't done it since then. So we gotta we gotta do it tonight. Okay. Oh, we do. I'm not or doing tomorrow. it tonight. I'm tired. Oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> well, in the next couple of days, for sure, that may be one of my wishes. Okay. So. Um, why are you wishing? Why am I wishing? Because uh, there's a star or something up there. <laughs> a wish upon a star. No. Um, birthday. My birthday. Birthday boy. I'm going to be 40. Yeah. 40 years old. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. Can you believe it? I can. Oh man, I, I, I it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> now you know, you know what? 
Uh, Lisa Hindi shares my birthday, so it's her birthday too. Oh, really? Yeah, the fifteenth, June fifteenth. So that's just a co- uh, two days away. I'm gonna have to give her a call on Tuesday. Cool. So that's really kind of cool. Um, but Lisa Hindi, by the way, from Catholic Moments podcast and also CatholicMom dot com. Um, yeah, somebody be forty. It's weird. I, know. I don't know what to think about that. I asked him if he felt older than that, or actually if he felt younger than that or older than that. Mm-hmm. So I guess it depends on what part. Yeah, it depends on what part you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, yeah, that's going to be the, the – we have no idea what we're going to do Tuesday. We haven't talked about that, but we'll do something, and um, I think it's going to be a good excuse for me to upgrade – some of my podcasting equipment. I'm yeah. going to try to do that. A new microphone and mixer. That's uh, on my list of things to do. Um, I think uh, that's, I talked to my parents the other day and they said, what can we get you for, for your birthday? I said, well, how about just contributing toward this, uh, the, the new mic and mixer fund. So I think they're going to do that. Be nice. Cool. So hopefully we can improve the sound of the Catholic foodie and any other podcasts that I do. <laughs> more about that later but for now i think we should check out mary in the kitchen awesome with sarah reinhardt hi i'm Junie, and i'm Ree, and, and this is, is mary in the, the kitchen, kitchen with sarah reinhardt <laughs> <laughs> well it's summer maybe not technically by the calendar we have a week to go until june 21st But it's been hot enough lately that my west-facing kitchen has turned roaster on me. The sun beats in at the end of the day and heats it up. And if I dare to cook a casserole or anything requiring the heat of the oven, I pay with a taste of deep south heat. Last year, I had a pretty good meal plan worked out for the hot months, but this year, I find myself unmotivated every time I step foot in my kitchen to cook. I can't really blame anything. It's just a season for me. One that will pass, but not without a fair share of frozen pizzas and snack plates for dinner. It gives me a chance, once again, to connect with Mary in her life at Nazareth. Surely there were nights, probably more than a few, when she didn't feel like figuring out dinner. I'm certain she had times when she just wanted to do her own thing and not have the weight of the world or dinner on her shoulders. What makes her so full of grace is the choice she made again and again when faced with the same struggles we have to do or to procrastinate, to give or to save, to make dinner or to go hide. She said yes to God first. That doesn't mean she was a doormat. It means she was a placemat. She held the most important bread in history and raised him to be a man. She fed him dinner, made him eat his veggies, cleaned the scrapes from his knees, She endured the whispers and gossip, the discomfort of being outside familiar territory, the agony at the foot of the cross. Sort of makes my dinner woes seem a little silly, doesn't it? And yet, Mary's not laughing at me. 
She's patting me on the back, reminding me to remain gentle and at peace, and showing me, yet again, the easy yoke and light burden of her son. So thank you, thank you once again, Sarah. It's so awesome that you uh, you put this together for us every week, and uh, we really appreciate it over here. And we just think that you are uh, awesome. We love you. So thank you so much for Mary in the Kitchen, and uh, that's Sarah Reinhard, y'all. You can find her over at snoringscholar.com. The explosion of new media technologies is changing the way we live and work. What's more, it's changing the way Catholics grow and learn about their faith as many turn to the Internet daily for information and entertainment. Pope Benedict recently compared the web to the digital sea and asked us to set sail without fear on the digital sea for the sake of the gospel. The Catholic New Media Celebration coming to Boston this August 6th and 7th is a response to this new evangelization. Sponsored by SQPN and hosted by the Archdiocese of Boston, the Catholic New Media Celebration is a day to come and share with others who are interested in learning about this important new medium. There will be tracks for podcasting, blogging, even a track for children. Come to the Catholic New Media Celebration, the CNMC in Boston, where newbies and veterans alike share knowledge and faith. Complete registration details can be found at celebration.sqpn.com. Well, that was uh, Pat Gone of the Among Women podcast. And uh, thank you so much for that promo for the CNMC. That's awesome. And once again, just a plug for you that uh, I certainly hope to see you there. Yeah, I love those quotes in that promo. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. The digital C. Yeah, that is awesome. From the Holy C himself. The That's digital right. C. From the, the, the Holy C. <laughs> That's right. The digital C. And, and but I have to tell you, I have to admit this. As I listened to that and heard those words, the digital sea, I couldn't help but think about the oil spill. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I was thinking about the, the digital gulf. So, but <sighs> maybe more about that later, next Everyone episode. Everyone lift up a prayer for that. Please do, because that's, uh, that's a terrible, terrible situation. So, uh, and we will, we'll, yeah, we'll maybe talk about that a little bit more as far as how it affects us here locally next, next week. Have to check into that. Well, next week we're going to be at a um, oh, that's Immaculate. Right. We're going to be at the uh, the retreat with Immaculate. Oh, that's so awesome, y'all! Come on! If you're anywhere near <laughs> anywhere near New Orleans uh, next weekend, you really ought to come to that retreat. That's going to be uh, phenomenal. She's going to be sharing the messages of Our Lady of Cabejo, who appeared uh, to some children in Rwanda. Uh, I think it it started ten years before the genocide. Thirteen years. Thirteen before years before the genocide. So really amazing, and uh, it's approved. It, it's one of the. Um, it's an approved apparition in the church, and it was approved rather quickly because of this prophecy, this foretelling of the uh, the genocide that Mary had had made to the children, um, you know, thirteen years previously. So. Uh, it's an amazing story, and we really have only touched the surface of the messages and what they what they mean for the world. So we're going to be at the retreat. We'll be at the retreat this weekend, and uh, of course we'll we'll have to share uh, absolutely share about the retreat next episode. Which who knows? Maybe we can record that on Monday or something. We'll yeah. we'll see. So uh, anyway, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So until next time, bon, bon appétit. appétit.
SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.